Ladies and gentlemen, start your stopwatches because you're listening to The Dispatches on the clock and that means we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or less talking about COVID-19 and mask wearing. Now I know I can already hear you collectively groaning but trust me, I think this is a conversation worth revisiting because of a brand new article that has just been published this morning on stuff.co.nz about this particular topic. So let's have the conversation. So at the end of January, the highly prestigious and internationally respected Cochrane Library updated their review of the scientific data about the effectiveness of mask wearing when it came to influenza-like illnesses. Now what they did in their update was they went and looked at the best available data we have since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic that now includes COVID-19 in studies and they updated based on these new studies. And what makes the Cochrane Library so highly regarded globally, they are absolutely considered the gold standard, is because what they do is they filter out the junk science. So they take out the rubbish studies, the things that are not well designed, the things that you can't consider to be reliable indicators uh, because the methodology is just not robust enough to back up with any great certainty the claims that are being made. And so they look only at the best available studies and then they tell us what the best available studies are showing. And what they found in their update now was that the best available data shows us that there is no solid data to back up the claim that masks are an effective tool, that mandating masks, that population-wide use of masks is an effective tool against the spread, the transmission of COVID-19. There's just not enough data out there to back up that claim. Now, this morning, stuff responded to this particular Cochrane uh, review of the evidence. I was waiting for this moment. It's happened overseas, but it, this was the first that I've seen here in New Zealand where one of our local media actually mentioned it and then uh, came back and pushed back against it. This has happened in other places. And I'm kind of not surprised there has been pushback because a lot of people, including people in the media, really did stake their reputation on mask mandates and and you know pushing them as this very powerful tool. I remember Michael Baker at one stage claiming that if we all wore a good, well-fitted mask, we could end the pandemic in a matter of weeks. So some pretty bold claims were being made about mask efficacy. Here it is, all these weeks later, uh, it has finally arrived. And what is typical of these kind of pushbacks is, and I think this is why this conversation is worthy of having, because basically stuff have really staked their reputation of late as sort of being the fact checkers of misinformation and disinformation, particularly around COVID-19. And they're sort of uh, proud of, of stating the claim that they are like a reliable source in all of this and they are you know, hot on the heels of misinformation and disinformation, etc. And ironically, this article is titled The Whole Truth, What to Make of That Recent Review on Masks. And the irony is that there's actually at least one error that I found and I think uh, a large stake or chunk of this, this article is actually misleading. And it's misleading, and you could, if you like using the word misinformation, 
you like those Orwellian type terms, then I think you could use that term to describe this article because of the omissions that it makes, what it doesn't actually tell the general public. Let me read to you from this summary to show you what I mean. The Cochrane Review doesn't tell us whether masking reduces COVID-19 transmission during a pandemic. Instead, it asks whether mask promotion slows the spread of respiratory viruses. And the answer to that question is inconclusive. Well, I would argue that is a bit of a semantic word game that they're playing there. And I would also argue that that is not correct. Because in actual fact, if you read the Cochrane Review, and I did when it was first published all those weeks ago, they do not actually ask the question whether mask promotion is the tool. They're looking at masking efficacy. So the whole point of mask promotion or mask mandating is what? To get people to wear masks masks. And so it does seem to me that there's a little bit of um, chicanery going on here with that description, especially when you look at the Cochrane Review Library, what they had to say. Um, And we will look at that in just a moment. They go on to say this, the few studies included in the review, the Cochrane Review, that took place during the pandemic, including the study in Bangladesh, which, as I understand it, is still considered to be the best piece of evidence we've actually got so far because of the size and the methodology and that study there where interventions to encourage mask wearing were rolled out over a six-week period suggest that these resulted in a modest 10 to 20 percent reduction in COVID-19 cases. While they're honest about the modest part but they are incorrect about the claim of 10 to 20 percent. I'm not sure where that actually came from. I'm going to quote to you now from the CDC who wrote very positively on their page about mask wearing about the Bangladesh study. And the reason I'm going to uh, quote to you from this page is because A, it's very positive about the Bangladesh study and B, this page has been linked to by stuff in today's article. Here's what the actual Bangladesh study found. This is the correct information. In villages receiving mask interventions, Symptomatic seroprevalence of SARS-CoV-2 was reduced by approximately 9% relative to comparison villages. So the starting point should be 9%, not 10%. And then this is the second and really important point. In villages randomized to receive surgical masks. So what you'll note there is this is actually now a study not just of masking, but also of surgical masks versus regular ordinary sort of cloth masks. So they actually made a distinction here. And when they looked at villages randomized to receive surgical masks, symptomatic seroprevalence of SARS-CoV-2 was lower. And the relative reduction rate was 11.1% overall. So what's the takeaway here? The actual correct figure is not 10 to 20%. The correct figure is 9 to 11% or maybe 11.1% if you wanted to be precise. So this article actually contains information which is not correct, which is kind of ironic when you consider that the article is titled The Whole Truth. They go on to say this, though. The best data we have, now this is even an interesting claim to make because the whole point of the Cochrane Review is they look at the best available data. They weed out the junk data. They don't take data that is not reliable or can't be considered reliable because of methodological problems. What they do is they take the best of the best and then they tell you what the best of the best shows you. So this is an interesting claim from stuff. The best data we have suggests wearing a mask will reduce an individual's risk of catching COVID 
but it's unclear if mandates or promotion of mask wearing did that at a population level, which is kind of interesting because unless the majority of people are choosing to ignore the mandate and just not wear masks, and that's not really what we saw, then it would seem to indicate that mask mandating where you tell, because what is a population? A population is lots of individuals. So if an individual wearing a mask, it reduces their risk, then surely lots of individuals in a population wearing a mask, you're going to see some considerable risk reduction, right? You should see that if this intervention actually works in a really, really effective and powerful kind of way. One of the main takeaways is we need more and better data on interventions such as mask wearing. As Plank, that's Michael Plank, uh, the modeler from New Zealand says, it'd be really good to have more evidence for when the next pandemic comes around. Previously in the article, they also say this. This is another point of attack that some people have tried to use against the Cochrane Review. They say this, that means, for example, how humans wear masks matters as much as the masks themselves. So in other words, people are saying, well, the problem with these studies is they don't really check for whether or not people wear the masks consistently and correctly all the time. But here's the point, that actually isn't an argument in favour of mask mandates, it's actually an argument against mask mandates. So if you can actually show that the majority of people are not wearing these things correctly or they're not wearing them all the time, it would indicate to you that the intervention that you're trying to use doesn't actually work with human beings as a general rule. It might work with certain individuals really well, but when you try it and, and apply it to a whole population group, it doesn't work because it's not a particularly helpful intervention. And this really really matters. A good comparison, and I've made this comparison uh, before in this discussion months ago, is that uh, with contraception, you can see perfect use studies which show really good efficacy outcomes. But when you take and study contraception in the real world with real human beings and all of the human frailty and intervention type uh, interruptions or distractions that you have, guess what? You don't get the same outcome. And with contraception, when you look at younger adolescent users, so the younger the users get, the greater the failure rate actually becomes. Now, all of this matters because if your intervention is trying to force a group of human beings to do something that just doesn't really fit well with their humanity, you're not going to get a good outcome. And that really raises serious questions about whether you should be mandating it. Like if we're expected to do something that's not particularly natural to our state, that intervention is probably not going to work so well. But if it's a simple, straightforward, not particularly intrusive kind of thing, that probably will work better because it's not demanding too much of us. And this really matters, I think, if you're going to promote an intervention and claim it should be mandated and claim that this thing will be really, really effective, you need to make sure it's actually, it is going to work with the human person as a general rule. So let's wrap up by having a look at what the actual Cochrane Library Review says, because stuff have talked about it, but I would argue that they have omitted important details that leads to a misleading perception amongst the general public based on this article that Stuff have published. Let me read to you this first part where it explains what they did. We included 12 trials, 10 of which were cluster randomized control trials. That's like the gold standard for research. Comparing medical slash surgical masks versus no masks to prevent the spread of viral respiratory illness. Two trials included healthcare workers and 10 were in the community. This next sentence is really important. 
Wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illnesses slash COVID-19-like illnesses compared to not wearing masks. That seems like a pretty compelling statement. What they're saying here, these people who have looked at the best available data we have, is that it probably doesn't make much of a difference at all. Now they go on to say this, let's be fair, and let's look at the statement from the author's conclusion, because I think this is also important. There is uncertainty about the effect of face masks. The low to moderate certainty of evidence means our confidence in the effect estimate is limited and that the true effect may be different from the observed estimate of the effect. The pooled results of randomised controlled trials did not show a clear reduction in respiratory viral infection with the use of medical slash surgical masks. So they're saying when we looked at the best standard of study we could, they did not show a clear reduction. However, at the same time, maybe if we had lots more data and that was really reliable data, that might show a different outcome. But we can only work with what we've got in front of us, right? And so they're saying this is looking at the best. This is what it actually shows. Now, here's another thing that's completely omitted from the Stuff article. The Cochrane Review didn't just look at mask wearing. It also looked at studies where they had healthcare workers who were using surgical masks or what some people call medical masks versus N95 or P2 masks. Listen to this statement, very next sentence. There were no clear differences between the use of medical slash surgical masks compared with N95 slash P2 respirators and healthcare workers when used in routine care to reduce respiratory viral infection. The fact that they found no difference between surgical masks versus N95 slash P2 masks does raise a really interesting question because if, as claimed, barriers and barrier methods work to protect the individual, then in theory that should mean that the stronger and better your barrier is, so the mask you put on your face to act as a barrier, then surely the better the outcome, the better the results are going to be. So if you use a flimsy fence, you're going to stop a whole lot less cows getting through than if you use a really strong electrified fence to try and stop cows getting into your field. You see the example here, right? But they didn't find any difference. They also say this, and this is something that is completely omitted from the Stuff article, and I think it's important. Harms associated with physical interventions, so in particular here we're thinking about mask wearing, were under-investigated. Let me read that again. Harms associated with physical interventions were under-investigated. Now, why do I think that matters? I think that matters because staff have really laboured the point here and tried to make this claim, well, what this study actually shows is that we don't have enough evidence. Well, it seems that you would also mention the fact that the study points to the fact that we don't have enough investigation into whether or not there are harms associated with masks. And I think this is important. We have some compelling evidence that has started to show itself uh, in the last six to 12 months that mask wearing seems to be associated with negative outcomes for childhood development, particularly for speech development and things like that for younger children. It would also be interesting to see if they could study learning outcomes. In our house, for example, one of our children really struggled with mask wearing. What that meant was that whenever uh, the glasses came on during the school day, the glasses would fog up and the mask actually became an impediment to them being able to read material that they're supposed to be reading to learn with. 
The other thing that happened was the mask was a constant point of distraction. It just, for this child, it, it was a real point of fixation and they were constantly touching and fixating on the mask. Now, touching, it's not a good thing. We know that. But secondly, the fact that it's become a point of fixation means that they are now distracted. And that's happening all the time throughout the day on a daily basis when they're supposed to be learning. There are other questions too around maybe things like breathing or certain cheaper masks or types of masks. Maybe we ended up breathing in particles or bits of things that weren't so good. Uh, what happens when you leave the mask on too long? Like this Cochrane review says, harms associated with physical interventions were under-investigated. What the Cochrane Review clearly tells us is this, there was no hard data and there still is no hard data to justify mandates or to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that mask wearing works to reduce COVID-19 at a population-wide level. So anyone who was making that claim did not have hard data to back up that claim. Now, maybe we'll get a whole lot more data in future, which completely changes our understanding here. But the point is we mandated this and we had people making bold claims, official public health experts and politicians and talking heads making and repeating bold claims that they didn't have the data to actually back up. And when you couple that with the question of the fact that harms were under-investigated, I really seriously question whether or not there was a legitimate justification for mandating masks. I really do. And I think this matters because if we're going to live in this brand new world of technocracy and claim that the experts, we should absolutely surrender our reason and our common sense and just do whatever, I guess, the official experts are telling us to do, and you should never question, even other experts were not allowed to question these official experts, then I think you've got to meet a pretty high bar when it comes to showing that what you're actually demanding of people is legitimate. And this is where I go back to that point about people trying to say, well, look, if people wore masks properly all the time, we would see a reduction. Basically, this is classic technocracy at work. So basically, the technocratic mindset treats the human person like a lump of clay. It's a, a piece of blind material which you can shape and remould any way you want to to get the outcome that you want. And so why can't we just reshape the human being so that they won't actually think that a thing stuck on their face for large portions of the day is any sort of distraction or aberration? They won't want to touch it. They will do it properly. They will put this device on correctly. They will take it off and replace it when they're supposed to. All the things that they're adding to the daily human experience, the assumption here is, well, we can just remold human beings to do that and look, we'll get the outcome we want. But what happens if human beings are not like that and they're not just lumps of clay and you shouldn't just treat them as if they are these blank slates that you can reshape any way you want to. If you take a more humane and an authentic anthropological approach to the human person, you would have recognized that there's going to probably be problems with all of this. You would have also been willing to admit that you don't have hard data on your side. And that's the really, really important point here. Basically, stuff is trying to have its cake and eat it too. It says, look, while this review shows there's not really enough evidence to make the claim that mask wearing doesn't work, what that also means is that there's not enough evidence to make the claim that mask wearing does work. And that means there's a serious problem when it comes to mandating 
this particular intervention. And there's a serious problem with anybody who's going to make wild-eyed claims about this being this really robust mechanism to stop the spread of COVID-19. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. And I will see you next time on The Dispatches. On the Clock is brought to you by Left Foot Media. Support our important independent media work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia with just $5 or more per month and you'll receive exclusive access to our full-length patrons-only episode of the Dispatches podcast every single week. That's patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link is in the show notes. <laughs>